Hello and welcome to the Ask Dr. Ben podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. As a holistic-minded physician, I've spent the last 20 years looking outside the box and conducting research to find the true causes of skin conditions and other diseases. And while the focus of my work has been on aesthetic medicine and unlocking the secrets to reversing skin damage, this podcast will also include many other exciting revelations pertaining to you and your family's health and well-being. So let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to another Ask Dr. Ben. Such a pleasure to be with you as often as I can. Today we have a fun topic, which is 10 things every esthetician and really every skincare nerd should know. And of course, I mean nerd in the most loving sense. I think uh, there are so many people out there who are so passionate about skin, their skin, skin health, ingredients, formulas, and philosophy that they almost become their own gurus. So while this is targeted to the esthetician, I can't help but include all of you skincare nerds out there. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and start with number one. Again, these this is 10 things every esthetician should know. Number one, creating inflammation is never a rejuvenating event. Creating inflammation is never a rejuvenating event. So we've talked in the past about what is inflammation. Inflammation is a response to trauma. It is a repair action. And there's two different kinds of repair. There is the repair of new damage and there's the repair of old damage. And in this business, what we really should be focusing on is the repair of old damage, damage from the sun, damage from being stressed in your early and middle adult life, damage from your toxic lifestyle, damage from you know the unfortunate circumstance of having to go through chemotherapy or having taken Accutane or having done a series of chemical peels because that's what your doctor or esthetician told you to do or damage from using retinoic acid or retinols daily for uh, months or years at a time. All those things are wounding the skin. And what we've become accustomed to is this idea that we actually see an instant result when we wound the skin. And that instant result is a a plumping from the swelling known medically as the edema associated with wounding the skin. Now, why does that plumping occur? It occurs because fluid carries immune cells and uh, let's just say repair parts to an area. So, when you create new inflammation, and that could be microneedling, that could be microdermabrasion, that could be an acid peel, a laser experience, when you create that event, you're damaging collagen, you're damaging structural areas of the skin, and the skin is going to immediately respond by trying to repair it. Uh, wounds like of that nature are a priority to the skin. And the reason why I say it's never a rejuvenating event is because the skin is not fixing the old problems. It's fixing new problems. And what we know, unfortunately, is whether it be the strong, harsh effects of acids or the high heat intensity of lasers, DNA damage is often involved. And 
Uh, many times the structural damage is not 100% complete. Uh, the clinical trials that have been done on wound healing suggest there's an 80% recovery to normalcy in a significant wound to the skin. This does not include light exfoliation. That is going to be 100% repair. But with every other type of wounding event, you can expect something less than 100% recovery of the damage. That's a significant thing. Let that settle in for a second. Less than 100% recovery of the damage that is created by the wounding. And so that means that every time you do a new wound, you are further aging your skin. Now, the studies that are used to sell devices and uh, mislead the public with ingredients that are actually toxic that they say are beneficial is what they do is they harm the skin because they know when you harm the skin in certain ways, you trigger collagen manufacturing. So they can measure the uptick in collagen manufacturing and say, look, after this laser procedure, we saw a 27% increase in collagen production in the first 36 hours. Yeah, you did. It's an emergency wound repair event, and that's going to happen. But it's not dermal collagen for your long-standing aging issues. It is new wound repair collagen that is just trying to suffice. And the last thing I'll say on this subject is that when your fibroblasts, which have limited capacity, increase the production of collagen to manage a wound, they must, by default, ignore or reduce their coverage of the maintenance of your skin. So there are net losses that occur. Now, these are short term, you know, most wound repair responses are a week or so. So it's not like you're getting massive misdirection of the healthy skin maintenance of your dermal collagen, for example, but it absolutely is interfering with the repair process. And this is going to be true with acne as well. So if you have acne and you get a traumatic procedure, then the repair of the wound that is the detox, the purging detox, we'll talk about a little bit later, you are going to interrupt that and you have a much higher likelihood of an increase in scarring your acne's uh, lesions turning into scars as a result of the interference of the natural wound process. Remember, everything happens in perfect timing in the skin. So if it gets interrupted by inflammation, secondary inflammation, so to speak, then it can influence how well that wound heals and therefore leave a scar behind. That was number one. Number two, look at all skin events in quotations. So look at all skin events through the filter that the skin always knows what it is doing. So let me say that again. Look at all skin events through the filter that the skin always knows what it is doing. Now, what I mean by this is there's a tendency to, uh, when you, especially when you have a more compromising condition like eczema or psoriasis or melasma and, or, you know, even age spots or, I mean, I'm going to leave uh, wrinkles out of this because it's not really, it doesn't really fit this. That's not a skin event per se. So it's acne, it's rosacea, it's hyperpigmentation, and it's all of the 
reactive skin conditions, whether it's uh, seborrheic dermatitis or a sebaceous hyperplasia or eczema psoriasis, so forth. So what do I mean by the skin knows what it's doing? Well, the tendency is to look at those things and say, whoa, the skin is misbehaving. We need to correct the behavior of the skin. There's something happening that the skin seems to be out of control or there's inflammatory triggers. You know, that's what the research is always suggesting that there's some trigger, some aspect of the skin that is broken in order for this to be occurring. And so they want to give you a pharmaceutical medication or traumatize the skin in order to redirect the skin to behave properly. Do not do that. That is a misunderstanding of the brilliant skin. Your brilliant skin, which works 24-7 in perfect precision with thousands of different actions arguably every minute in the facial skin, thousands of different actions happening every minute of your every waking, every, every, not just waking, waking and sleeping moment of your adult life. And it's doing it without error. Like it's literally, it's just, it's, it's performing at such a high level. I don't know how we ever got to this point where we question uh, the skin and the other organs of the body. They are so remarkable in their responsiveness, in their adaptation to harsh environmental actions. So when it comes to looking at skin conditions and those things that you may or may not be happy with in your skin or your client's skin, you want to look at those events as if they are perfect responses to the environment. Now, let me give you an example of this. In the case of acne, uh, we've proven essentially through our success rate and the use implementation of our products in, using the philosophy that acne is a toxin purge. All acne, all forms of like follicular expulsions, follicular inflammation is a toxin purge. Now the toxins can come from a variety of areas. I'm not sure if that's in our top 10 list at the moment because I wrote this the other day, but you know, we have certainly talked in detail about how things like pesticides or food preservatives or chlorine or candida toxins are the cause of acne. And these are skin events. And so you might go, oh, you know, my dermatologist told me that this zit on my cheek is because I have a bacterial infection. I don't understand why my skin is not capable of defending uh, off these bacteria. I'm so frustrated with my skin or your skin is oily and you're like, oh, why is my skin broken and producing too much oil? What's wrong with it? Well, when you realize that the skin is actually behaving properly in the case of acne. And what it's doing is it's relieving the toxin burden in the rest of the body. Remember, everything works together. Every organ is communicating and the body looks at the system as a whole and says, look, we've got to dump this stuff. And your skin is oftentimes a messenger in those cases. So all skin events are actually an attempt for the skin to let you know you are being exposed in a way that is causing harm to the system, number one. And number two, we're trying to dismantle these toxins on the way out. It's the only way we can get them out is if they come out processed, if you will, and that is usually in the form of acne. Now, even in the case of psoriasis and eczema, where there aren't bumps there, what you're looking at is a, a toxin purge of a different type of toxin. The skin prefers to shed those toxins for some reason, 
I don't have all the answers, so I don't know exactly why it'll shed some toxins and it'll purge others through the follicle. But a lot of times in eczema, we, we see it start with a follicular purge. It may just have to do with the amount of toxins and some efficiency in putting those toxins out through layers rather than through the follicle. But you could also, you know, go into rosacea and you'll see that the rosacea event, this redness on the cheeks is not a misbehavior. It's a warning that an organ in your body is under duress. And so the event is not broken. There's no vascular abnormalities, as some of the research would suggest. There's no demodex mite misbehaving. Uh, no, what in fact is happening is that skin event is a notification of damage in an area of the body. And it's just a tell. And the same thing would go for pigmentation disorders. They're always protective events. So underneath pigmentation is a wound in every case, in every case. Now, in the case of a tan, it's sort of a global wound. So the tan is typically considered, and that's not, well, that's not exactly true. It's not always a wound. Like you can get modest sun exposure, not get a sunburn, and you'll see your melanocyte production tick up. So let's just speak specifically to liver spots, melasma, and age spots for the moment, and post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. All of that is protecting a wound, and it's a skin event. It is perfect. The reason why there's more pigment in that zone than anywhere else in the region is because that zone is compromised, and the skin is concerned about more UV exposure. It's that brilliant. It's that precise. Look how precise it is. If you look, you don't, it's not like you have red, the, the red mark that's underneath like a liver spot and melasma, which is clinically proven to exist, by the way, that red mark, it's not like it extends past the pigmentation. It's the pigmentation perfectly covers the redness underneath. It's, it's quite remarkable. Now, in the case of an age spot, you don't always see the red spot underneath. Sometimes that DEJ is not super red uh, before the age spot forms, but oftentimes it is. And again, this is related to that. Now, same thing is true with post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. If you get too much sun right after a traumatic procedure to the skin, your skin will react by protecting you. By protecting that wound, because it knows if you get a lot of UV damage to an area where there is significant compromised skin and a highly active repair process going on, you will interfere with the repair process and you may get a long-term scar from it. So these are skin events. I want you to always think of them as perfect as the skin behaving properly, because we have a tendency in society to look at these with disgust or with anxiety and say, I want to burn that. I want to like, you know, put benzoyl peroxide on that acne lesion or acid uh, on my pigment, you know, or poison it with hydroquinone or, you know, use laser to burn it off or inject steroids to shut down the inflammatory process. But in those cases, what you're really doing is you're adding to the wound. You're re increasing your risk of scar and it is not a, a positive event. And, and it's also just not a good way to look at your skin. I, don't, I want you to look at your skin with empathy because that organ is taking on a level of toxicity and you don't get to see all your other organs and all the work they do when you go out and have a, 
you know, a bunch of tequila shots or, you know, when you're taking a birth control, you don't realize your liver's taking the hits every day for that. But it is. Um, now, when it comes to the skin, you get an opportunity to see the wounding in process. It's, a, again, a good way to think of it as, as, as a messenger. All righty. Number three. Number three is everything that goes wrong with the skin is caused by toxins, pathogens, and or emotions. This is not something, well, I'm going to just say, I think different people have applied parts of this rule in different ways. I think where, you know, we sort of have this revolutionary approach here at Osmosis is that we believe that everything, everything is affected by either toxins, pathogens, and or emotions. And this speaks a lot to autoimmune disease. People think eczema and psoriasis are an autoimmune disease. They, uh, you know, I don't subscribe to the idea of an autoimmune disease because the implication of autoimmune means the body's attacking itself for no reason. I don't believe that that is true. The body attacks, it's, it doesn't even attack itself. The body is going after infections in regions. If like, if you have rheumatoid arthritis and your joints are affected, then there's a bacterial infection in that joint that the body is going after. The body is just not randomly doing that. If you have acne, you know, it's not that your skin is failing, as we said in the in number two, like it is simply that you have toxins that the skin is trying to purge. And sometimes many times, uh, like, like uh, recently was t talking about aging and how one of the number one causes for the skin to age is stress, just a general anxiety in life and that you age much more gracefully and less, much less slowly with less angst, less anger, fear, and stress, anxiety, anger, and fear are the main ones that are causing aging. And so, you know, when you realize that those emotions are impacting how healthy your organs are, how healthy your skin is, you realize that emotions are part of that. Now, the biggest place where I see emotions in skin is the eyelids, the eyelids starting to get like an eczema pattern or they get red or flaky. That is the upper eyelids, essentially. That is a sign of stress and it is uh, the organ that mirrors the upper eyelids is are the adrenal glands and so there's an example of emotions but you know but they've also done studies on cancer success rates and the emotions that one has during cancer therapy oftentimes determine the outcomes with obviously the happier better attitude people having longer survival rates but it's important to note that, you know, pathogens are not always coming from some infectious source you picked up on a bathroom door handle. Pathogens are also epigenetic changes to your microbiome. This is true, I believe, with SIBO. This is true with H. pylori that causes stomach inflammation and or ulcers. This is true with candida. I've sort of modified my view of candida to believe that, yes, we start with a genetically programmed a microbiome set, uh, including a variety of candida, all again designed by your DNA brilliantly for you, and that that 
microbiome can be altered with toxins, pathogens, and emotions. So if you're drinking a lot of bleach in your tap water, if you're exposed to a lot of pesticides as a child or as an adult for that matter, if you eat a lot of foods with food preservatives in them, if you drink kombucha or any of those take probiotics, you're literally altering your microbiome and in a negative way and you create a different type of candida and we call it a phenotypic change or an epigenetic change where the candida now is putting out something harmful to the system which is why it purges out of the skin as acne or causes malaise you know there's different types of candida a lot of it does present as rosacea or acne but there's 56 different types and it all depends on your strains and what environments it's been exposed to in the short term and oftentimes in the long term. Antibiotics cause epigenetic changes to your... So I'm a believer that even strep, like you have strep in your body, it's a natural part, but the the strep that causes strep throat is a different type of strep than the strep that it's an epigenetic change in your strep. So it's not like someone coughed and you got exposed to that strep. Now I do say think sometimes these changed bacteria can go airborne or be passed as an infectious, you know, I think that is likely to happen. But in most cases you'll find strep was created by a bad diet. Strep in the back of the throat is created by a bad diet recurring urinary tract infections are created by yeast, created by an unhealthy microbiome. And, you know, sometimes people are very well-meaning and they think they're taking the best probiotic in the world. And it turns out probiotics all suck. Do not take a probiotic. Do not take a kombucha or a, a Revita or any of those drinks that offer some sort of microbiome shift. They're not actually beneficial to you. I've done a lot of research on this. I'm I'm not just product hyping. Recovery is the optimal prebiotic. It will restore your microbiome if it's not being hindered by something else you're taking. And uh, you want to be careful. You want to be careful with citric acid foods. You want to be careful with, you know, all the other toxins I mentioned. So toxins, pathogens, and emotions are involved in everything that goes wrong with the skin. and Once you treat those, and osmosis has the most thorough treatment of all three of those, by the way, we have emotional well-being and a relax for emotions. We have immune defense that takes out most pathogens, including viruses, which are a big part of the autoimmune picture, including ulcerative colitis and a host of skin conditions. Obviously, we know about the the warts and things like that, but uh, there's so many more that are related to viruses. And then you have the toxins, and that's where we skin defense is a major player. So there you have it. Number four. Number four, all forms of hyperpigmentation are forms of protection. So always focus on the source. So hyperpigmentation is one of the main reasons that people are going to their esthetician. It it is one of probably number two after aging skin and the concern category, ton of people getting melasma these days. And what we find is that 
you know, the, the number one choice for uh, treatment of hyperpigmentation are acid peels. Uh, number two are lasers. Uh, number three is hydroquinone. And then number four would be other tyrosinase inhibitors. Now, of all of those, the most holistic is going to be the tyrosinase inhibitor. And I understand in the short term wanting to lighten the unsightliness of, of this, uh, you know, discoloration on the face. But Hydroquinone is poisonous and DNA damaging. Retin-A is poisonous and DNA damaging. Neither of those should be part of the treatment. Acid peels are going to add more trauma. Remember, like I said earlier, hyperpigmentation is a protective response to a wound underneath the skin. And so you really want to you know, focus on the wound. And that's where osmosis does it differently. You know, we have rescue for epidermal damage and that helps to treat age spots permanently. And then when it comes to treating uh, melasma and liver spots, we have a product called Regenerate and Immune Activator that focus on the liver repair. And that's how you treat the hyperpigmentation of melasma and liver spots. And then if you're just trying to accelerate the wound from the surface, um, you know, we may come out with a short-term tyrosinase inhibitor again, but the focus is catalyst for accelerating wound healings on the surface and, of course, rescue, as I mentioned. So that's how we do it. Again, looking to always create the permanent result because you can spend a lifetime on lighteners and that's really just exposing that wound to more UV damage, accelerating the wound, making it worse. So many people come away with acid and laser treatments where their melasma has worsened. It really is not advised I don't advise it, but actually the medical community more and more is advising not to do such traumatic procedures on hyperpigmentation. Your skin is just trying to protect you. Don't blame the messenger. Don't blame the protector. Help it heal the source, and then it will stop producing overproduction of, of melanin. It's actually quite remarkable when you see how quickly the skin stops overproducing melanin as soon as you focus and heal the wound. All right. Number five, acne is always from a purging of toxins. So all treatments should be gentle and focused on the source. So again, a reminder that an acne wound is a delicate wound. It is a wound that has high scar potential. And since it's a toxin purge, the key ideas from the osmosis philosophy are let's accelerate the removal of the toxin, let's assist in the detox of the skin, and let's find out where the toxins are coming from. And this is where we use our skin map and the history from the client. All of a sudden, a client comes in and they're like, hey, I have new breakouts on my chest. What the heck is going on? And we're like, ah, do you drink a lot of tap water? Sometimes, most of the time they say, yes, I drink tap water but I have a blankety blank filter. Well, guess what? Most filters don't filter chlorine and they are putting way too much. There shouldn't be any chlorine in our drinking water, by the way. It's a poison. It's one of the worst poisons in the world. And we're like, oh, let's put this much poison in our water. It's absolutely outrageous to me. But you tell them, listen, you need a chlorine filter for the water that you drink. Sometimes you might even want it for the shower water and, and your, of course, cooking water is the same thing as your drinking water. And, but sometimes they say, oh, no, no, I drink the blankety blank water from bottle from the store or I order it in five gallon jugs. Well, guess what? A ton of blankety blank water, purified water, almost always has chlorine in it. You want natural spring water that hasn't had anything added to it. 
And ideally, it's good spring water. Sometimes that's even toxic. And in places like Illinois, I found the spring water is not so not so good either. So there's a lot of thing to thought to be put into water. You're made up of seventy percent water. You really want to focus on that. And so I'm getting off track here, but purging of toxins from candida. You know the things that cause candida are mucus. So you look for what causes mucus in the body. Well, that's citric acid foods. That's dairy in excess. That's fried food. Typically, uh, those are the main triggers of mucus in the system. So you want to reduce that. And we have the only patent pending mucus cleanse in the world. It's called Skin Clarifier. And that's a really important thing to help with addressing candida. And then we have this remarkable clinically proven in a double-blind study, skin perfection, which shrinks candida and helps to clear acne relatively rapidly. You know, it takes a few months to get the candida population down, but the toxin levels shrink enough that your skin starts clearing almost without, within four weeks, almost always. And, you know, usually six to eight weeks, you're pretty clear. So yeah, those are toxins coming out. Now along the jawline, that's food preservatives. And then by the ear and down onto the neck, front and back of the neck, that's pesticides. So we know the toxins by mapping them. It's a toxin purge in every case. The inflammation of the skin, it has no bacterial infection component to it. Yes, bacteria are present in those. There's no malassezia, fungal skin infection thing going on. If you get biopsied and they find some fungal growth in there, that's just because you had compromised skin and you were touching it with your finger that was dirty and it's not something that needs to be treated. Your skin manages those types of infections very well, but topical rescue from osmosis is really good at empowering the skin to maintain that microbiome and detox the skin and then you can look at osmosis clarify to help accelerate the removal of toxins and also catalyst which also accelerates and improves wound healing to reduce your scar potential all of those are awesome topical choices but internally we've highlighted the main things that you need to do to treat the toxins from within. Oh, I didn't mention skin defense. So skin defense is our toxin binder and it has the best chlorine binder in the world. It has the best mercury binder in the world. It has the best estrogen toxin binder in the world, Uh, both chlorine and food preservatives and pesticides. All those are actually very often estrogen toxins. So usually it comes with PCOS or menstrual irregularities, oily skin, like all these other things are all connected to toxins. So you want to bind those up and that's what skin defense does. So remember acne, not a bacterial infection. It is a toxin purge. Number six, aging skin is a combination of volume loss, declining circulation, sunburns, stress, and toxins. This is real important because a lot of people think aging skin is skin that has lost its way, that it somehow needs to be uh, stimulated in order to get it to come back to life. Like it's like, you know, one of the things we measure skin health with is the turnover rate. Well, the turnover rate is on average 30 days for a healthy skin type. As we get older, that turnover rate slows. So everyone's like, well, the secret to young skin is speed up the turnover rate. Well, yes and no. Like you don't want to force the skin to increase the turnover rate because if it's slowed down, it's slowed down on purpose. It's slowed down because it's lost its food supply. Circulation declines at 1% a year starting at age 25. So when you see less circulation in an area, you're going to see less repair, 
less collagen production activity, less turnover rate because the supplies aren't there to keep up with the 30-day cycle. So by forcing from the surface a turnover rate, you're actually going to make your skin much more stressed. You're going to starve it more and you're going to create accelerated aging. So I'm not a believer in exfoliating the skin on a daily basis in the slightest and not to mention that increases sunburns. So the other one that I distinguish myself from and a lot of with a lot of people is I don't think sun exposure, in fact, I think sun exposure is rejuvenating. I don't think it causes aging. Sun exposure is rejuvenating. Clinical studies show this, by the way. It's not aging. What's aging is too much sun exposure or what is a sunburn. Now, a sunburn most of the time will make you at least a little bit pink. Um, there's possible uh, maybe events where you have a sunburn where well, I actually know that there are because a lot of people use uh, UVB only sunscreens and or think they're getting broad spectrum protection because they've got a, a zinc and a UVB chemical, but only the UVB chemical is waterproof. So they go swimming and the zinc is gone and all is left is the UVB chemical. So there are cases where your dermis is being quote unquote burned or damaged, but your epidermis doesn't get damaged and that's where the redness shows up and is more likely to show up. So we'll leave it at that. You know, essentially not a, not a big aha moment. Sunburns age the skin and the number of sunburns and the severity of sunburns you have is a factor in how quickly you lose your circulation and how much DNA damage you sustain and therefore how quickly your skin ages. Stress we mentioned earlier stress and toxins. So like if you're a smoker, you're going to decrease your circulation. You're going to decrease, you're going to cause damage to the blood vessels. So you have long-term losses of circulation and the toxicity can affect other cells in an overall reduction of skin health. This is obvious in anybody you've seen who's been a long-term smoker. And then you have stress, which I mentioned that that chronic state of anxiety, it might be low level where you don't even notice it. Or some people are, you know, more and more people tragically are at higher levels of stress. All of that will cause a increase in aging, a decline in the circulation, a loss of collagen and all the things we see with aging skin. But the first one I mentioned, volume loss is interesting. So this is one where we do lose some level of our muscle over time that is not as significant typically because we're using our face muscles quite a bit. So I'm less of inclined to be this guy who supports facial exercises. I've seen them work. So I know you can do facial exercises. Some people do microcurrent, but that requires a lot of upkeep. But I think the most cool thing, uh, one of the coolest things we've come out with lately for sure is our recovery fat pad replacement elixir, which actually uh, is a very unique collection of lipids that target the restoration of the fat pads of the face and body that are lost over time. They're lost from alcohol. They're lost from sugar consumption. They're lost in thin people who push the exercise a little hard and end up stealing fat pad fats for energy where normally uh, someone who's carrying, you know, an extra five or 10 or 20 pounds, their body is going to steal from that fat first. So then people are more subject to these volume losses and osmosis has a, an ability to replace approximately 80% of those losses. And it makes a huge difference in the wrinkles around the eyes and the forehead around the mouth and just the appearance of your face. You don't look gaunt anymore. You know how it is as people get older, their face starts to look more and more gaunt. And that's where we went nuts with filler. 
we fix that with osmosis recovery elixir. It's really incredible. So those are the areas you focus on with aging. And it's not about an inability for turnover. It's not that the skin needs to be traumatized into making more collagen. Uh, the whole idea here is that, you know, creating collagen is targeting the things that are lost. And I think actually that is number seven. So we'll move on and tell you about number seven. Permanent reversal of aging and pigmented skin has to focus on what is missing or it can't work. In other words, if you traumatize the skin and you don't have the components, the missing components, the reason why the skin was not capable of keeping itself, keeping its collagen density up, well, then they're definitely going to see a decline. You're going to see an increase in aging from the trauma. It can't possibly recover. Now, remember what I said earlier, it never recovers 100% anyway. But imagine in a, it's like, what's a good example? It's like telling somebody who's highly malnourished to go run a marathon. They could kill themselves attempting to run a marathon. I don't know if that's a good analogy, actually, because it's just so out there. But you understand what I'm saying. If your skin is starving already, it's low on nutrients already, and then you traumatize it, which is an increase in the demand of more nutrients and more repair tools and more repair uh, cells, and all of those are in decline and they can't keep up with this trauma, then you will age from trauma. So the whole idea, the whole osmosis philosophy is in order to create permanent change, which is what your skin wants to do. It's not like we trick the skin into making more collagen we supply an overload of retinaldehyde because we know the skin will max out its retin-A receptor activity with retinaldehyde because retinaldehyde is the preferred and only choice the skin uses to make retin-A. And we will therefore max out the collagen activation. We also send in Asiatica side to increase the presence of more fibroblasts. We also vasodilate the blood vessels, meaning we expand the blood vessels and we increase the stimulation of more blood vessels with ingredients like chlorella. And then we uh, send in other collagen stimulators, you know, niacinamide, chlorella, 1,3-beta-glucan, hydroxyproline, our lipoic acid, a host of different ingredients in this super concentrate of our A serums called Correct and Renew. And all of those are working to create permanent increases in collagen production. When it comes to permanently changing the skin in the scar area, like we have the only product in the world that reactivates an acne scar and improves it by up to 60% from even an old scar can be reactivated by these beacons of, of repair that come in from the surface. You see, the skin's biggest problem is circulation. So you've got to come at it by providing things that trigger new activation, but don't traumatize. And it's a unique, it's a holistic approach as we call it, but permanent reversal happens as a result of these things. And that's how you get it to work. It cannot happen by just poking or burning the skin and saying, oh, when it, when it repairs itself, it's going to be all new cells. No, it's going to be New cells, yes, but they're going to be in the same environment, the same compromised environment they were before. And in fact, they are going to be more compromised because of the wound creating new damage. Number eight, clearing skin conditions is only the first step in your role as a holistic skin coach. So part of this new wave of, and we're just loving this new 
interest in osmosis and the, the rapid growth we're seeing and the awareness of people to say, gosh, this actually works. This philosophy makes sense to me. It resonates with me. I get those emails all the time. Thank you for that. And so when you are working on a client's skin and you are clearing a condition. So let's say they come in with candida acne. So they've got acne on their cheeks and forehead and you decide that you're going to give them a couple rounds of skin clarifier and four months of skin perfection, which is a good average to what people need for that condition. You don't just give them the product and some rescue and maybe clarify to spot trade and go, okay, you're set. You teach them. It's an awesome, empowering experience. So you teach them, hey, you got here because you're taking these supplements and they're causing you harm. Or you got here because your diet is awful. And if you really care about your skin, you know, let it be the guide to tell you when you're starting to misbehave. So if, you know, when you clear mucus, it's not like you've cleared it forever. You've cleared it as long as their diet is good. And if they start to increase their ice cream intake or take other things, if they're, if they're on a fast food diet, then more mucus is going to show up in maybe as early as a month, typically three months. They're back, they're back. They started to see some acne come back and they're like, wait, this didn't work. It's like, no, no, it worked, but you recreated the problem. And you, they have to take ownership of that. And yeah, I mean, you can get on a kind of a chronic repair cycle using osmosis supplements sort of on a daily basis for the rest of your bad diet life, or you can decide, you know what, I'm going to let my skin be the messenger to tell me I need to change my lifestyle. And so what I mean by being a holistic skin coach is I mean that you actually provide a little bit more information as to how they can empower themselves to keep their skin clear. And then we can focus on other things. So if they have rosacea and we get it all better and uh, slowly over time it comes back, then you know, well, listen, your microbiome has got to be damaged again. You know, that's why we also have things for maintenance, like recovery is a good maintenance product. But uh, yeah, the holistic skin coach mentality is I want to teach them why this is happening to their skin. I want to teach them that they should stay away from frozen food and fast food if they have food preservatives on their jawline. Teach them that they need to eat organic if they're getting pesticide exposure and it's enough to cause them to have acne. Things like that. That's a holistic skin coach. It's a fun and highly rewarding place to be and it allows you to focus on the beauty aspect of their skin rather than the skin conditions that they had in the past. Number nine, maintaining moist, hydrated skin is a function of a healthy barrier and adequate, good lipid intake. This is a big one just because so many people think, oh, I just need a good moisturizer. Oh, I want, I just, I have to have a moisturizer. Like I am literally advocating that your skin, when it gets to a certain point, All the investment you want to make in it is not related to moisturizers. It's related to serums that restore what's missing in your skin. The thing about moisturizers is they don't restore what's missing. You know, they have these emulsifiers in them that actually can cause more water loss in your skin. Believe it or not, most moisturizers are not actually making your skin more hydrated. If you use an oil, like if you use our Nourish, it's going to increase the barrier lipid content. So therefore, it is going to hold in more moisture. 
but not everyone likes the feeling of that. And I don't use it because I don't need it because my skin has the lipids it needs. I'm not removing those lipids with a harsh retinol or an acid or a scrub or, you know, an excessive face wash. You're maintaining that barrier by increasing circulation again. Remember that gets your turnover rate back. So you don't want to get a bunch of procedures to stimulate your turnover by peeling yourself. You want to feed your skin and then it goes back up to the 30 day cycle. So maintaining moist skin comes from within, from the lipids within. Now there's a lot of people who don't eat a lot of fats because they've been taught that fats are bad, which is crazy, crazy thought process. Yes, there are bad fats, but you want the good fats. That's one of the reasons recovery is awesome for people with severe dehydrated skin. They need that lipid presence in order for their skin to go, I have the resources to keep this barrier lipid intact. So a good lipid strategy, is, especially omega-7, is going to be awesome. And um, you know, maintaining a healthy barrier is easier when you're using the right serums, uh, more so than when you're using the right moisturizer. So I think moisturizers are highly overrated and actually can be harmful to the skin in the sense that they can cause water loss. And I'd rather not see that it's unavoidable. They all, you know, even ours have the emulsifiers that can increase water loss. So if you're going, if you're loving your moisturizer and you're on it, that's fine. But just be aware that there may be a time when you can stop your moisturizer and your skin feels great and you have, you don't need to worry about it. All right. We're on number 10 the final one. There is no separation between the organs. So you must spend as much time on health as you do on your skin appearance. There is no separation between the organs, so you must spend as much time on health as on your skin appearance. So what I'm just reminding everyone here of is that uh, the skin is the largest organ of the body, and it's just one of many organs. And as I mentioned in the very beginning, the reality is that all the organs are working in concert for the system. It's the overall survival and highest level of health potential of a system in the face of all things that are going wrong. So, you know, for example, your digestive tract is an organ and it is taking hits all the time for you because of course, most of the food out there today has some level of toxicity in it. So, you know, it, it's working with the skin to manage the problem. It's working with the liver of the body. You know, the liver is also trying to manage the problem and may dump toxins you know, you're going to get shifts in your hormones. Like if you have early menopause, that means your system is, has altered itself in response to dangerous estrogen toxins. And it's a, not a pleasant thing to go through, but it means that you have to recognize that it is in response to something and not a failure of the system. Taking hormones, supplemental hormones is not the solution. It's not only a Band-Aid, it's more poison. <laughs> like, isn't it crazy? Like, pesticides are probably, in the, in the vast majority of people I see with early menopause, pesticides are the problem, and, and that's a poison to the body in many different areas. And then, and also is a high, uh, makes you at high risk for breast cancer, which is why breast cancer rates are up. And so you have this pesticide, and then what do we do? Oh, I'm poisoned, so let me take a different poison. That Most of uh, the pharmaceutical options are simply a different poison meant to mask a symptom through poisoning. It's, it's an unhealthy way to go. So view those organs as partners in the effort. Uh, love yourself. Love your body. Appreciate how amazing it is. 
that it keeps up with this really difficult toxin environment. Remember, they estimate our body faces a million different toxins a day. And we have all these pathogens uh, that we face, these viruses that are floating around that do not come from the human body. I don't think, I think all viruses are manufactured. If you really sit there and, and, and follow the logic tree down to where they s- suggest the viruses come from, it's kind of silly. Like, oh, that dead tissue from your cells. So the declining parts of your cells somehow magically put together this strategic tens of thousands of nucleic acid pattern that perfectly causes harm. Like your body did that. Your body literally created that virus. Please, please. Okay. It it doesn't make sense. I promise you, uh, you can go to my other podcast on discussions about viruses to hear more on that theory. But there's just, there is a logic tree that you can follow that doesn't make any sense. So I've come to the conclusion that these are basically biowarfare experiments on humanity. And I know that's kind of a broad quote unquote conspiracy, but there is no other answer that makes sense. And we already know that there are viral labs all over the world making viruses like they're making them in these labs that we're paying for with our taxes. It's it's crazy. Anyway, I don't want to go too much on that tangent. I hope you enjoy this top 10 list. Hope it's helpful to you and look forward to talking to you next time. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ask Dr. Ben. Please leave a review if you can and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get access to all of my upcoming episodes. My website is osmosisbeauty.com and you can find me on Facebook at osmosisbeauty. You can also follow me on Instagram at osmosis underscore beauty. Thanks for listening.